Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy the to We Stand Together, an academic pop culture symposium. So true. We are the pop culture professors, smart people talking dumb topics. I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. I'm Lauren Brickman. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I said that with confidence. Like I really knew who I was. (laughs) It seems like you bought into it by the end, but you started off a little rocky. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure, but I think I've landed with like... I am who I am. And that's that's where we are today. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, somehow, despite being uncertain of my own name, I, I have managed to not only earn a master's degree, but be in charge of other people's education. That's that's the real kicker. It's pretty crazy. It's cr- And so have you. Caitlin, yeah, my I, God. I find that odd as well. It's weird. Somehow they keep allowing us in classrooms. Um, shout out to any of my employers who may be listening <laughs> and to students. this episode. God bless the students. Uh, And students, we all are. You know, we're students (laughs) of the world. We're students of pop culture. And, you know, on this show, we're always diving deep into the world of standing, of being an obsessive fan of something. Caitlin, what are you obsessively (laughs) standing right now? Oh, I got a good one this week. Uh, I'm standing um, the Peloton app. Now, did Caitlin get a Peloton? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Do I have the app? I do. And it's because my husband got a free subscription uh, through his credit card. So this is the farthest thing from having a Peloton one can be is a free Mm -hmm. subscription to the app. But I like to do the five minute Shavasana. So you really just like that your this this free app gives you an excuse to take just a little mini nap? Exactly. But I feel sporty because I have it on my phone and it's like. I look at the other things I could do. For instance, you can go running and they can like talk to you about it. But I won't do that. (laughs) But I love that. All right. I'm part of the community. I love that. I love that for you. (laughs) What are you you standing? Uh, You know, we're both just really in it right now (laughs) because I'm I'm standing Eurovision. And this is something that I am going to probably have to circle back and do an entire episode on this. Yeah. Whether you join me or not is ultimately your choice, Caitlin, because sure. it's happening one way or another. Because mm-hmm. I've always like been aware of Eurovision. Right. I've known about it, but I am in so deep now. I haven't listened to anything but Eurovision con- song contestant songs in weeks now. Wow. So you're a fan of the music, not just the oh. show. Oh, I want the music. I want the music videos. I want the drama, the saga, the tears. I want it all. And I'm here for it. And yeah, I need a documentary about Eurovision is what I need. Like the Eurovision Will Ferrell movie on Netflix, very fun. But I want a true docu-series right. about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll probably happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, with the amount of time I'm spending watching clips on YouTube, I probably will be an expert very shortly and could produce a documentary. You know what? Maybe I'll do that for fun. Yeah. Take off your headset right now and go go produce a documentary. I gotta go. I actually, I actually got to go. I'm going to fulfill my like teenage dreams. There was a moment when I was 17 where I thought I was going to be a field, field producer for documentaries. Like that, at 17, if you had asked me, what do you want to be when I you grow up? I would be like field producer for documentaries. <laughs> and you ended up an actor? That's like the odd, like that's the reverse mm-hmm. of what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where we went wrong, but that that was my answer for a good year. I love it. It's such a it's such a um specific goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love teens with specific goals, whether or not they <laughs> fulfill them. I don't mind that part. Yeah. 
who cares if you fulfill them? Just have them. Yeah, like the Peloton. Like the Peloton. <laughs> you don't have Everything to do is- it. <laughs> Just downloading it is enough. Oh. Uh, wow. Well, it sounds like we're both doing really great. And uh, I'm excited, though, for today. We have a really fantastic guest. Yeah, please welcome Zach Raffio. Hey, yay, yay. <laughs> thank you. Welcome, Welcome, Zach. Yeah, thank you for having me on. The Peloton app sounds incredible. I can't imagine what the actual device must be like. <laughs> who knows? And who knows how much the app costs? Again, we got it for free, so it may not be worth it at all if you just have to if you have to pay for it. But um, and that's the thing about the bike you have to pay for this. App. Sorry, the bike you have to pay for the classes monthly. They don't just come. Yeah. That's like, at that point, it is like a video game. Like you could buy a PlayStation, <laughs> but you still got to pay $55 for the game. That's like, mm-hmm. you don't get anything for free. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's why. I, and your friends want to come over if you have a PlayStation. Yeah. If you have a Peloton. Yeah. They're not getting on your back. Yeah. Like a circus act. <laughs> the handlebars. <laughs> no, if you get a Peloton, I'll come over and look at it. <laughs> okay. I won't. <laughs> okay. You can, I have everything I need. You can DJ the app, and then every time Caitlin <laughs> yeah. like, needs a surprise, you change the thing that you're doing, and it's that feels dangerous. Fun. That, be, that feels almost as fun and dangerous as today's theme, which is rock musicals. We are talking about rock musicals. Zach, you know, does the Broadway beat. He's a he's a Broadway connoisseur, and so we thought we would talk about something we loved, which are rock musicals, and. Folks, you know we always like to put you at ease and let you know about our credentials. Caitlin, what are your credentials for rock musicals? I have an actual credential. That's get out of here. Which is unusual. Mm -hmm. And it's not that shampoo commercial again. Um, It is that I am the director of Toxic Masculinity the Musical, which is a rock musical. And Mm -hmm. we also have shows at Asylum at the end of June. Check it out. Wow. You're a busy gal in June. June is it. June's yeah. life. We're back to life. I guess I I have a rock musical on my acting resume. I've probably talked about this it, it, while blacked out on this show at some point, but <laughs> I did do Rent in college because Jonathan Larson, who wrote Rent, went to my college. And so when you got into the acting program, you automatically got scholarship money from the Larson Foundation. And my senior year was the year that Rhett closed on Broadway. And then we got to do the first college production after it closed. And his parents and other like friends he went to college with like came and they for years, um, his parents and friends were doing these things called peasant dinners because he used to host (laughs) these dinners for his friends. And whenever there was a new cast on Broadway or a new touring company, his fam- friends and family would like host this dinner to like tell stories. So you would oh, know wow. like and since the show is closing on Broadway and his parents were getting older, they were decided they were like, we're not going to do them anymore. So they came to do the last one <gasps> with our cast, which was really cool. Uh, wow. I thought you were going to say when you get into the program, you automatically have to do rent. It was like a devil's contract that you have with him. Yeah. It was 100% a devil's contract. No, we, uh, we, you do have to sing Seasons of Love more times than anyone is comfortable with. That's true at every undergrad mm-hmm. musical theater mm-hmm. program. You have to sing Seasons of Love. Well, the scariest thing was we were not a musical theater program. We were just a BFA acting program. So the audacity we had to put on a rock musical. <laughs> Leave. There's a reason why some alumni were tapped to come back. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that when non-students are in a student production. It was one of the wildest things to behold. <laughs> Even better is like when an instructor is in a student production, especially in college. It's like, oh. I'm paying for this. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. You're getting paid. Yeah. Not to act. It's like, you can do this on the outside, you, but not on my time. I'm a student. Treat me as such. <laughs> See, I was always that weirdo that was like, I like if we could talk a professor into like doing a staged reading, I was always like, nailed it. Like it always felt like, I don't know, some sort of like unlocking some sort of hidden achievement. If you could trick a professor into 
tattooing their crap. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Looking back, it's like, oh no, an actor <laughs> had to do a part. I'm sure they hated that. Yeah, they're so bashful. They're like, please don't make me the lead, you say? Okay. <laughs> if, if I have to. <laughs> oh. And now as a professor, I'm like, why don't more of my students try to get me in their projects? That, that, it's just rude. Oh, that is hurtful. It is hurtful. <laughs> I've only done a handful. I feel like more could ask. That is so. true. You know, though, when I took improv classes, people, occasionally a teacher would improvise. This happened like two times with the class. Yeah. People always loved it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about seeing the person in that. You know, it's in the medium that they teach. You do want to, you want to see them do it. And they make like you better, or at least you feel that yeah. way mm-hmm. in the moment. Like, right. Maybe not in the long run, but in the moment, it's very fun. <laughs> I will say as a teacher, though, the thing I hate the most is after like a student has done a presentation, they go, well, now you have to do one. And it's oh. like, no, I, I already passed this class. I don't, I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> I, in, in, uh, class that I was teaching is writing class. I, I did do one of the assignments that I, <laughs> I thought just sort of as a sign of goodwill of like, well, it's hard. We're all like in these zoom classes. It's difficult. And I could tell they, they didn't like that. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm off the hook because <laughs> you didn't enjoy this at all. Uh, but you know, rock musicals. Yes. What do you, what Zach, are you a fan of these? Um, would you say? I'm a fan of, I'm a big fan of certain rock musicals. I don't sure. know if okay, I would okay. go into like the genre head first, but mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. if you say to me like, hey, do you want to like listen to Jesus Christ Superstar? I'll say, yeah, yes, that sounds Thank fantastic. You. And I'll do that with you. Agree. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah, I think, I think it depends on the musical, but I have nothing against rock musicals. A blast. I Speaking of rock musicals and ed- world of education colliding, my shout out to you're not listening, but I'm going to shout out to you. Anyways. <laughs> my buddy Matt Hawkins is the head of musical theater at Notre Dame, and they were working on Jesus Christ Superstar when the pandemic hit and they like had to stop rehearsals. But he worked at the school and they let the cast do a one night only full orchestra concert version on the Notre Dame football stadium. Uh, And he sent me there. I I wish I could have been there. If I could have seen Jesus Christ Superstar done on the Notre Dame football stadium, best night ever. I mean, that exists and they're not like advertising it every 15 minutes. They're out of their minds. That sounds so good. It it happened one night only. He I I I I I keep asking for the video. Yeah. All I've gotten is the write up. But I'm like, I wish I was there. You should have flown me out. But I love. I um, <laughs> you know, I I only saw Jesus Christ Superstar for the first time when I was probably like, let's say like, let's say like 2016, 2017. So pretty late. It was one of those ones I was wow. always like, I should check this mm-hmm. out. I just never did. But I'm a huge Ben Folds fan. Um, mm-hmm. and he used to live like break it like in the middle of a song he would do the opening song like the dun, 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 like yeah um jesus christ superstar yep. i never knew what it was i just thought it was fantastic <laughs> so i'd always be like <laughs> i love that ben folds thing he does he only does it live where he goes into that other song of his you know so the first time i saw jesus christ superstar was the mbc like live version oh yeah and oh my when they went into it i think i said like out loud to whoever i was with like oh this is a ben fold song it sounds like a ben fold song <laughs> And they're like, you're top 10 dumbest people on the planet. <laughs> I'm glad whoever oh. you're watching with keeps that list. <laughs> I need that list of the top 10 dumbest Yeah, people. it's on an old scroll. It, it was <laughs> weird, but accountability. <laughs> Seems official. <laughs> yeah. Seems mm-hmm. official. I love Jesus Christ Superstar. It's probably my favorite musical. Yeah. And it was weird because growing up, my mom did not like musicals, but that's the one that she would like. And we would go see it every year when it went to tour. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's I, I like watch that probably every year since it first aired, like the NBC one particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Because it's just like, it was so good and so fun. And again, it's like the first version I saw. So I kind of consider it like yeah, the right. one, which is obviously not. But it's, right. um yeah, so well done. It's such a good show. And so like, ugh. Yeah. I, I love that Ted Neely and Carl Anderson <laughs> from the film toured with it for Mm -hmm. 25 more years. Like they were just like, we've got our parts (laughs) and this is what we're doing. Yeah. Listen, listeners of the show may remember that my favorite reality (laughs) competition show of all time is the search for the next Jesus Christ superstar. 
And this is just a reminder, if you haven't gone down the rabbit hole to watch the clips on YouTube, what are you doing? Watch a bunch of hot dudes fight to be the next Jesus. It's great. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? On that note, I think we need time to play a game. Yeah, what probably. Think? Great. I think probably. Stop me before I go further into this hole. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right. We're going to play Name That Rock Flop. So there have been a lot of rock musicals that were sort of obvious cash grabs that failed to grab cash. <laughs> uh, and they did not last I think one of these maybe lasted six months, but most uh, are in the weeks. Uh, so, Zach, I'm going to play a song and you're going to tell me what musical it's from. Be aware, these these versions are, I think none of them are from the actual Broadway show <laughs> <laughs> because it was impossible to find them because they are flops. So these performances are, they they each it, it have their own unique history. <laughs> I I assume that you found like MT graduating seniors wearing nude heels singing them. We won't. <laughs> until, okay. Until they're revealed. <laughs> All right. Don't chastise me. I'm a child acting as a child does. You ply me with lifeless dolls when what I want is blood. You took me from the streets to complete this union. Do you expect some little saint kneeling for communion? I want more, I want more Look at you, you disapprove Like you fussy mothers Who are you? <laughs> All right, ringing any bells It's not Carrie, right? No No I like that though I see the word Yeah, yeah like I feel like and, mm -hmm. and, You heard blood A part of me was like, like, is yeah. it like Dracula? But I don't think it'd be like a. The girls. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, man. I don't know. All right. It is Lestat, the <laughs> Anne Rice musical that was written by Elton John and Bernie Toppin. Wow. And I just want to say, listeners, if you remember us playing this clip in another episode, <laughs> yeah, we have. We love this song and we should be arrested. <laughs> Send the authorities after us. We love this. <laughs> Uh, and also send the authorities after the producers of song number two. Could you, could you imagine if Elton John like had a concert and during his second encore, he just did that song <laughs> for like the garden? Honestly, if that happened, I would just feel like he had been listening to everything in my heart. Like that would feel like such a personal gift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the first time I saw Dolly Parton in concert, her final song was Jesus and Gravity, which is like... Not one of our biggest hits. It was like, all right, Dolly, whatever you want. Right, one I for guess. you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You've given us so much. Just end on Jesus and gravity, sure. All right, song all right, two. Here we go. Is there a jukebox musical based off this? <laughs> yeah, there is. is. This is one of the craziest premises for a show <laughs> ever made. I can already tell it was like performed on cruise ships, but I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, 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 this is a that's a that's a good one. Oh, do you have a guess? No, but that song wasn't in Rock of Ages. That's shockingly no. Good, because that'd be because that'd be too easy. Obviously, as like one of these, but right. like mm -hmm. that's surprising. Wait, well, yeah, what is it? It is the Go Go's jukebox musical Head Over oh, Heels. I, you know what it was? I thought I forgot that was Go Go's. I was like the B fifty twos had a musical, <laughs> but oh, but, they should. Fair I mean, enough. that's a good idea. But yes, okay, yeah, Head Over Heels, right. Yes. So Head Over Heels is a jukebox musical that adapted the plot of The Countess of Pembroke's Arcadia, a mm -hmm. 16th century romance. And it was um, the Go-Go's. I love Peppermint. <laughs> so at least there was. Mm -hmm. There you go. The cast was. Go. I love that. Um, 
you said cruise ship because that performance is from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> <laughs> a cruise ship on the land. <laughs> really? That limits I never a lot. realized how much of a cruise ship energy the Macy's Day Parade gives off, I but didn't, it really I does. Never, no, yeah, it's 100%. Wow. There should be a People buffet. wake up early. <laughs> mm-hmm, People wake mm-hmm. up early to watch a cruise ship <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. It's terrifying. Oh, wow. wow. All right. Also terrifying. Song three. <laughs> It's almost, it's like too good to be the wedding singer, but <laughs> no, am I close? I feel like you are close. Is it a movie adaptation? Can I have that hint? Correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, there's too much like story like shoved in there to not, so be like, story. to not be like meant to be a musical from the start. Oh. Uh, I will say this was a show that... It- if you were in New York when it was on Broadway, it was constantly being papered. There were just always free tickets for this show. Is it Pretty Woman? No. Yeah. But another very good guess. Ah, I feel like when I kick myself. It is the last record store on earth from High Fidelity. Yeah. Okay. And that was Will Chase singing at 54 Below. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, that's a live version from a cabaret yeah. theater, probably 54 Below. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was not the <laughs> OBC, it. if you will. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm batting poorly, but it's it's but you're it's but you're showing the work and you're getting close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you really are. These are not random guesses. You are listening. You're using context clues. I'm trying, mm-hmm. and I, I and chase. listen. You're a sane person who does not have <laughs> High Fidelity the musical on rotation. <laughs> to, more specifically, a 54 Below concert version of High Fidelity. <laughs> um, I have a, well, again, there's nothing else. <laughs> cannot find the product. I have a gut feeling of what one of these last two might be, <gasps> but I'm happy to be wrong and I- I'm Ooh. curious. I don't know. Something's telling okay. me. Okay. I'm I excited. I really love that. <laughs> I um, love that too. All right. And I just, right. I need to obligatorily say, uh, remember how Will Chase was on Smash? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was wondering, I was wondering why you had to I know, I know. You, I could feel your energy trying to quickly move on so that I wouldn't mm-hmm. bring up Smash, but then I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh. I win. <laughs> All right, song four. So you left me to ruin, but I'll always know I'm too fragile and clever, you see. Caitlin. <laughs> the, 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 the quality is too good. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the synth in the background is so is so, so lurking. <laughs> I will, mm-hmm. It's great. Oh man, I got no clue again. Oh, uh, this one is context. I would won't help you very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is "Stranger in This World" from Taboo by Boy George. I did not know that existed. <gasps> oh, it. it, it it, it, it was impossible to be a Rosie O'Donnell stan and not know. Oh, my God, Lauren. I was going to say the same thing, and I was honestly nervous. And this is why we host this podcast together, because I was like, is it too insane to admit that I know about it from Rosie O'Donnell's, like, early aughts blog? <laughs> like, like, she was so obsessed and she was a producer on it too <laughs> she was obsessed she gets obsessed with the weirdest <laughs> things remember cat in the hat the musical yeah <laughs> she got yeah. so obsessed with it that they were like it will only work if you now star in it <laughs> and then so she joined as the cat in the hat mm-hmm. and it still failed obviously oh. i remember um, my dad so he was he was a pit musician and he was in um the mm-hmm. orchestra at chicago for like 13 years and Amazing. Where they were doing Susical when I was a kid, and Aaron Carter was in it. Oh. And as a boy, oh man, Aaron Carter was in my bag. So yeah. I remember like 
my dad, like my, I was like, can we see Aaron Carter and Susical? And I could see the gears turning in his head. He was like, fuck no. Uh, <laughs> but like, I went to like visit him one day after the show and got to like, he like lifted me up and I got to like see Aaron Carter, like leaving the like thing and like signing like playbills and whatnot. And looking back, like Aaron Carter was the draw gives me the Rosie O'Donnell like vibes. Like that's such a time capsule of a casting. <laughs> Absolutely. I, 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 I may be making this up. I'm pretty sure I saw the Fantastics once off Broadway in that like never ending run that yes. it did. I'm like 99% sure that Aaron Carter was in it when I saw it. I think he did the Fantastics and then like time went by and then Corbin Blue did the Fantastics. So it yeah. became, it be- I don't want to say it's a graveyard for like Disney stars because that sounds rude, but it's a, it's a, a a beacon yeah. for yeah. Disney stars. Yeah. You can't say Graveyard and Corbin Blue because I believe I believe there's still more to come from Corbin. You know, he's not he's a Jesus yet. Christ superstar. He's he's yeah. He's great. He's he's he did. I, I'm a big Corbin stan, and I think he hasn't had the moment he deserved. I could this is another episode we have to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The the final song. Final song. I'll do it too. Show me everything and tell me how It all means something and yet nothing to me Oh, I can see there's so much to learn It's all so close and yet so far I see myself as others see me Oh, I just know there's something bigger out there I wanna know, can you show like me like a i mean is it tarzan it is okay. <laughs> i was like what solo piano phil collins <laughs> musical was there but tarzan yes <laughs> tarzan and let me tell you uh-oh that was a fun show <laughs> did not last long oh i saw it i loved it the shipwreck at the beginning take my breath away I didn't come see on it, but I- Hey, let me tell you, uh, it's still being produced all around the country because there's a lot of YouTube of it. And <laughs> in the hands of regional theater, the mm-hmm. a, a primitive costume, if you will, can can go quite awry. Um, <laughs> that was from 54 Below. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. Once again. Have you ever seen a YouTube recording of the Finding Nemo musical, like the Disney World 35 minute performance? Oh, oh no, no, I have. I've heard. I've heard about this, but I've not actually witnessed it with my own eyes. And yeah, ears. it is. If you watch it with some friends, have a drink, it okay. is a blast. It is very good, but like the actor who plays Crush the Turtle, when, <laughs> when I tell you, like, give an honorary Tony. <laughs> and in the, I don't know if it's so that it's been years since I watched it, but the YouTube comments, he, the actor responds to every single one, probably like 5,000 like comments or something. Every single one would be like, thanks for watching. If they make fun of it, he'll be like, we had fun and the audience had a great time. Uh, and, and just like, yeah, really positive stuff. And I. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's very worth watching. Like not by yourself. I feel like that feels a little serial killery to like brandish a knife and watch the Finding Nemo, a bootleg of the Finding Nemo musical. <laughs> but with a pal. Ooh. <laughs> All right, listeners, you heard it. If you're watching that alone, you're a serial killer. Yeah. And we know. This is a tell now. And we're on to you. We're, com- we're, we're coming. <laughs> we're alerting Wait, so the authorities. I need to know, that. what songs did you think were going to be in the last two? Speaking of serial killers, I thought, and I guess rock musical can maybe be like a little bit of a loose term for this. I mm-hmm. thought there'd be something yeah. from the American Psycho musical. Well, I was about to ask because I have presented a thesis on that on this show and about how I think it came a season too soon and that if that show had opened during the Trump administration, <laughs> it would have been a smash hit. I, you know, I, I think it's uh, maybe, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that the cast recording, everyone in the world, um, unless you're a serial killer watching the Finding Nemo musical, mm-hmm. in which case you don't get to have this fun, but everyone else, yeah. go listen to uh, Cards or Card from the cast oh. recording because it's a very... It's a very unintentionally funny song. It's kind of a banger. It's so funny. At, it's a total yeah, it's banger. Like a, it's like a club banger, but they sound bored in the cast recording. <laughs> Truly, the chorus <laughs> is them just repeating, Oh, baby, baby, you're such a card. 
<laughs> like they sound like they're on like expired quaaludes and it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to show people so go enjoy that mm-hmm. it's so bad wow, wow. I love it I love it so much yeah I the wow. revival one day is for you and me Lauren no one else <laughs> yeah yeah no I have if someone would just let me direct it I could make it Oh, goodness. The things I could do with the production of American Psycho. I actually, in a bout of insomnia, was tweeting about this once, and Duncan Sheik responded. Oh. Oh. Anyway, so it's for three it of you. Happened. For three of you. <laughs> all right. Zach, you, you did great. I mean, you got one yeah. out of five, but in a way, you got all of them right, because your mm-hmm. answers all made sense, uh, yeah. which is a much, much higher batting average than most of our guests. And honestly, I think that it shows that you have a nice uh, se- relationship to reality, <laughs> right? If you had nailed it, you, you know. Yeah, it's like trying to yeah. surf in a tornado. Like if you can do it, mm-hmm. you're you're just asking for a miracle. <laughs> That's a new metaphor Absolutely. I just invented. I hope everyone likes it. We love it. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we need to, to, to take a commercial break and, and ponder life's weather. <laughs> I'm just going to Google how to surf in a tornado, but okay. we'll be right back. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, um, I have not figured out how to surf in a tornado, but I will not give up. But for now, let's, <laughs> do you know how to surf in a normal wave? No, but why? You know why, what? Yeah. You know what? Why? Why start? Why start in an ocean when you could begin in a tornado? <laughs> there you That's go. Ocean's easy say. after that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You can probably win <laughs> some competitions. Hell yeah! Oh my god, what if? This is such a tangent, but what if my next chapter was Surf Victor? Like, what if I became like a champion surfer? <laughs> surf Victor is number one in improv team name. <laughs> I would love that. People are like, you're still doing that podcast with Lauren? Like, ah, uh, she's a Surf Victor now. So it's like, it's hard to get in. It's, she started taking in a lot of gold. So it's like, you can't, you can't pin her down. She's, she's surfing. She's, she's on Hawaii time. So it's just difficult. <laughs> Oh my god, I I would love that plot twist so much. (laughs) Speaking of plot twists though, Caitlin, you've got you've got a really thoughtful thesis today. (laughs) And that is a plot twist because often (laughs) it's it's just a lot of garbage. Uh, but I was thinking about rock musicals and you know, <laughs> the friend of all students, Wikipedia, came into my life. <laughs> and I was looking at literally just the list of of rock musicals and I came up with this thesis, which is that rock musicals are a way that we deal with the past and we retake narratives. Let me walk you through rock musicals. So the first one is basically hair. Um, mm-hmm. The first hit for sure is hair. So that was, that debuted in 1967 and was like about 1967. And it is about the culture right then. Like it is a cultural moment. And that is the last time that ever happens with a rock musical. Like, for some reason, the exact opposite has happened afterwards. Going into Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell, both of which (laughs) are retellings of the oldest story, (laughs) the Christ story, through rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Then we get to Grease, which is from originally from 1972. The film is the 80s, uh, which goes back to the 50s and like kind of i think is sort i think it's a reaction to hair basically because it's goes from a countercultural musical to just 
a cultural musical. <laughs> like these are the norms. Um, then we have The Wiz, which is a black retelling of a 1930s story. In the 80s, you have Dream Girls, Chess, Little Shop. Um, and look, it's not like this isn't necessarily super unique to rock musicals because musicals are often about either uh, a fantastical world or the past. I think because, you know, it's such an elevated, like, art form and also they just take forever to make <laughs> so it's hard to do one that's about the year that you make it mm -hmm. um but i think you see this like exclusively in rock musicals and i think it's because they people are artists are capitalizing on the image of rock and roll as like edgy which it has not been for fully let's say 40 years but it still has that image so i think they're using that to hide the fact that these are always like the most nostalgic musicals and they're really like often the most palatable to a wide audience and they are about like things that happened before and retelling this narrative in a way that is digestible for a modern audience and for some data to back up my point <laughs> So I counted uh, the rock musicals that premiered in different decades. These are not necessarily premiered on Broadway. Some are West End, some are off Broadway. But mm -hmm. in the 80s, there were 11. In the 90s, there were 14. In the 2010s, we still don't have a good name for that. There were mm. 20. In the aughts, right after 9-11, there were 30. There were 10 more than any other <laughs> decade. And I think that is like a direct look. Part of it's the success of Rent in the 90s and people trying to recreate that. But I think part of that is like you have the trauma of 9-11. You have a new millennium. It's like we need to hearken back to the past and we need to make it okay and upbeat and fun. So. It does die out, though. In, it starts to die out in the tens. And as I said, I think Rent propelled it. But what I think ended the trend was Spider-Man. Turn off the dark. <laughs> wow, that's a bold statement. Because that was 2011. Mm -hmm. And of course, it had been famous for like five <laughs> years before it premiered. Um, which I think it's interesting that I feel like it is... 9-11 and New York-centered world propelled this trend, but then Spider-Man, which is like the most New York-y thing, also ended it. Now, we just recently went through, I don't know if the listeners know this, an extremely traumatic period in our history. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. curious, are we going to see more rock musicals? What do you guys think? I, I, I think yeah, at the point of that, of, uh, Musicals take a long time to make. So like it's, you know, it's hard mm -hmm. to do like something that's immediately about now, but like, so inherently they become about the past. I think that's of, of course spot on. Um, and I think it's, it's worth noting that the Spider-Man musical was conceived as a, uh, it was about 9-11 originally. And that's why it was so mm -hmm. poorly conceived mm -hmm. in the original version. Cause everyone <laughs> was like, we don't want this. We want, we want Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like, I want, I always wonder if that version would have like done better, but regardless, I think that rock in in musicals can be sometimes less of a genre and more of a mindset. So I think Ooh, like, yeah. so I think it might ne not necessarily be that we're going to see rock musicals in terms of like guitar, but the kind of like the, the upbeat element, some of the pop elements and some of just like the idea of something a little bit less dreadful will probably come yeah. back. It's yeah. not going to maybe feel like a rock musical. You know, it might feel like a, like an auto tune, like Fantasia or something. Oh, right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that we're taking like rock and, and keeping things a little more like punky is more of a mindset than like actually like we got the beat. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Head over heels also may have ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I would say that like, I don't know that it did totally. And cause, uh, in 2019, we got Jagged Little Pill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't end it, but it, I think it ended the uh, the big trend. Like, I mean, there, there always have been rock musicals. There always will be. But yeah. I feel like there was a glut of them and there's fewer. Sure. 
And I, but do, I do think, think yeah. But I do think Jagged Little Hill was such has been such a hit totally that I th- I do think that we're going to see the trend again. And I also think um, TikTok also weirdly Heather's has been so popular on TikTok like insane yeah. like confusingly yeah. and insanely popular. And so I I do think these like quirkier, darker like you're saying like it's more of a mindset rock thing. I think it will. I think Gen Z likes it, so it's going to come back. Well. <laughs> Gen Z also loves Gen X. And so I do think mm-hmm. you'll see not just, I think Jagged Little Pill, I think there's going to be a, a jukebox crunch musical. Because <gasps> I also, yeah, I think that the the difference there is that like Jagged Little Pill is a jukebox musical. So it's like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's that before it's a rock musical, if that makes sense. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So as far as like original rock musicals go, yeah, I feel like people... I could see people like writing that. And again, we won't see them for five years, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, there's something about the accessibility of, of a jukebox or rock musical where I think people that don't like musicals or don't consider themselves musical fans like those because there's something and it just doesn't bug me one percent. But some people just can't handle the characters break out into song. They're like, why are they doing that? And if you're one of those people and I consider you ill, but. um it's they they can conceptualize like the jukebox or, or the idea that these are songs outside of this musical. It, it seems just more palatable to them. So I do think mm-hmm. that's also why it has a wider audience. Yeah, and if people like things they know as well, uh, especially sure. if you're not like a big theater fan. If you go to see something and you're already familiar with the songs, it probably goes down a little bit easier. Um, My dad always said that when I was when <laughs> I was growing up and I was in a musical. He always had a better time at the shows where he like knew the music a little yeah. bit. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's like, if you're seeing like a bad show, like, I don't know, I can't think of like a musical that's like horrible, but like, if you don't know any of it and it's not very good, like to draw you in, oh, yeah. that's just kind of a bummer. If you're not a theater fan, it's kind of a bummer of an evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on the horizon, you might, have, it might exist. I have never looked it up, but I think a Springsteen uh, jukebox musical has to be happening. If it hasn't happened, right? Has there ever been? Oh, has it? Because it's, it's a no-brainer to me. It. Like, like, yeah. I'm like, someone must have conceived it, but has it ever like gone up anywhere? Yeah, I mean, he had he in 2017, I think he was on Broadway doing like his like concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. But you, but but there's that movie, Blinded by the Light. So I. I did hear a rumor. I have no idea if this is true, but I did hear a rumor that they had thought about trying to adapt Blinded by the Light for a stage. It would be perfect, in my opinion. Like, I think either adapt the film or like an original jukebox musical writes itself when it comes to Springsteen. It's like Kid from New Jersey does all the things that he talks about in his like 50 year career. Um, So I think if anyone out there is a producer who has money, yeah, mm-hmm. get the yeah. Springsteen jukebox musical going. That sounds you make you'll make a fortune. Yeah. So much. You know what else I couldn't help but think about when you were talking yeah. about how like rock musicals like look back and like try to reclaim a time. I'm shocked. And listeners, if you know if you have seen a workshop of this musical I'm about to describe, please send me your illegal MP3s <laughs> because I'm realizing I'm shocked that we've never had a rock musical about the Salem witch trials. Wow. Have we not? I don't think I've never seen one. I-, I imagine at least at the very least some NYU graduate musical student has. Th- I mean, there are there there is this concept out there, but I have never seen it. And it's something that I would l- very much like to see. <laughs> that could be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Witches is an obvious thing. I mean, and yeah. putting like modern music in like, a, you know, like a period piece always like mm-hmm. hits as well. It's always like satisfying to be like, but they got guitars and bonnets. Yeah. Okay. It's the best. I was here for bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Ben Walker is, is yeah. I, I think he should, he should be around more. I think people should keep giving him chances. He's good. I'm into yeah. it. There's a darkness there that I like. <laughs> he gets the job done. He's like, he's like a, a Matt Bomer who watches Finding Nemo alone. Like he's just a, <laughs> just a little fucked up, but good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, are there other, are there any other time periods that you would want to see a rock musical about that we maybe haven't gotten yet or moments if we're looking back? Um, I think uh, the gold rush 
would be fun. <gasps> and oh. it would probably be more like a like a folky musical, like like the yeah. Avid brothers could write it. But mm-hmm. which oh, actually, wow. as I say, it would kind of rule. But uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Gold Rush, I think it's it's like very sad time, but an interesting time. And I think there could be some really like great sweeping set pieces and interesting That's stuff. Fun. I'm like writing with one hand, like, okay, Gold Rush musical. Mm-hmm. Learn to play mm-hmm. piano. And then the Avid brothers should write. That's so on point. Yeah. You know what? I thought that I was gonna include in the game moving out. But it actually wasn't that much of a flop. Yeah. I thought it was. No, it was not. It did very well. Yeah, people love that. Would Billy Elliot count as a rock musical? I was wondering the same thing, but I don't think so. Yeah, it feels like that's like, like there are some songs, but I don't know. I wouldn't, it doesn't have the same vibe. It is is not on the list as according to (laughs) wikipedia.org. Yeah. Well, while we're brainstorming yes. about musicals we'd like to see, I think this is a great moment to transition into our next game. Absolutely. You know, Zach, you shared with us uh, as we were preparing for today's recording that you're a big uh, res- knowledgeable fella when it comes to a certain artist named Jack Antonoff. Yeah. And so we love to play the game Pitch Fire. And today we're playing Pitch Fire, <laughs> Jack Antonoff, but make it Broadway edition. Oh, I love it. So. What are, I, I have a few different questions, but I, I, today I want to leave this recording session with a pitch ready to go for how we're going to bring Jack and his music to Broadway. So first and foremost, what do you think the title of the show could be? Oh, man. Um, uh, now and Forever. Ooh, Now and Forever. And what's the like log line or elevator pitch for this show? Um, it's about uh, a young man who just, he wants to be a performer. He wants to be an artist, but he can't get him. He, he's in the background. He's, he's helping people and everyone he helps goes Ooh. and becomes a star, but he can't quite, he's always getting pushed to the shadows and he's, he's never getting his moment in the spotlight. And it's about his struggle oh, wow. to to break out from just being the voice behind these people. Wow. And tell me a little bit about this main character. What's their deal? And if you could cast anyone in the world to play this role, who would it be? Um, that's a great question. I think I think like a maybe like a Jordan Fisher could play him or something. Mm-hmm. Like someone who's mm-hmm. like like very good looking but can play like they don't know it. Um, <laughs> is important. Um, and yeah, I mean, like he doesn't have a lot of support from his parents. He's very made on his own. Uh, he, he left yeah. his, his house at 18 and worked his way through school and is totally. a total, just like a genius, but can't get the attention and everything he touches turns to gold and he's, and he's sick of it. He wants to stand on his own two feet. Um, I love this. Yeah. Wow. I'm into oh, it. He's in love. Well, of course he is. Of oh, course he yeah. is. Oh my I love gosh. this. Yeah. Ugh, the show's got everything. <laughs> well, to help you out, I have picked three songs from Jack's discography. So I'm going to play a little portion of the songs just to get our listeners uh, and, and you in the mindset. And then I want you to tell me how this song fits into the world of this musical. Okay. All right. Here we go. The first one is... Maybe my favorite. I'm a sucker for it. Here's a little bit of We Are Young. I know you're trying to forget, but between the drinks and subtle things, the holes in my apologies, you know, I'm trying hard to take it back. So if by the time the bar closes and you feel like falling down, I'll carry you home tonight. And how does that song fit into the show? Have you have you seen the prom the musical? Yes. yes. So mm-hmm. in the it's not <laughs> done quite the same in the movie, but in the stage version, the last song of the first act, like it's everyone having a great time at prom, and then they contrast it mm-hmm. to um the the lead girl being alone at the like fake prom they set up for her. Mm-hmm. I think this song kind of does that where we it's a big joyous group musical number being performed by one of the artists he's working for um 
and Ooh. we're seeing them perform it in front of like a packed audience and everyone's loving it and we're contrasting it with him like alone with no audience no one answering his calls um and it's like they're young and having fun he's young and he's not getting the same thing but they're both they both worked on the song so why shouldn't he get the, the, the big fun moment? Yes. I love that. I'm feeling chills. All right. So that was fun. Uh, we are young. Now let's see what you do with this next song, which is Everybody Wants You by Red Hurts, another one of his projects. How does that fit into this world? All right, so I have an answer, but real quick, I want to share something because I, mm -hmm. I never get to tell this, but I think it's interesting. Uh, I love yeah. Red Hearse, one of my favorite albums of the last like several years. Um, yeah. I saw them live with a friend. They did like three live shows, LA, Chicago, New York. I saw them in New York. The venue was like 120 people, super small. And when we got in there, I think we got in there like 9 p.m. or something. And there were mm -hmm. three like, they looked like life-size like puppets but like mummified like they were all like wrapped in like gauze sitting mm -hmm. on the stage and 40 minutes go by and everyone's you know people are drinking people are just talking waiting for the band to go on and one of them like scratches his head real quick like moves <gasps> and we were like ah and everyone starts laughing and clapping like all 120 people like barely anyone because we realized it was jack antonoff uh sound and um I'm forgetting the last guy's name uh sam do who are the, the three members, they were like wrapped in gauze sitting on stage. They sat there, <sighs> the doors open at nine. They went on at 10.30. Like the lights went down. They stood up, took all the gauze off and played their set. It was, that was, I was like, this is theater. This is, this wow. is so pointless, but so fun. It was great. I love it. I love a commitment to a bit. Exactly. I was like, you guys, when, who wow. thought of this and why? And please do it every time. It was great. But yeah, so this song is, <laughs> um, so he's in love and he's in love with one mm -hmm. of the artists he works with. Um, and he, you know, she's like maybe expressing some interest and he's sort of saying mm -hmm. like, I don't, why would you be interested in me? Like everyone wants you as like an artist, as everyone thinks you're great. Like, and sort of contrasting that as like, everyone wants you, no one wants me. So I don't believe that you could love me back is how, is why he's singing this. Oh. I love that. I love that. All right. We got one more song that I, I got to figure out how you're going to get it into the show. And he, this is Stop Making This Hurt from The Bleachers. Feels like I'm coming up on a perfect moment. Take a moment. But you don't because you don't want it. Because uh, everybody wants you. I touch you like I mean. Tell you all my secrets. I could take you dancing I'm not the romantic type What can I do? It's love and I get the proof But baby, what's the use? Cause everybody wants you And each day's the same I call your name in the pouring rain I wait outside Even if it takes all night What can I do? It's love and I get the proof how are we going to get this in the show? So in the second act, he starts to get some success on his own. Mm -hmm. And he learns that obviously like being in the spotlight um, also means that all eyes are on you and that he, right. he becomes sort of someone that he loathed in the first act and wow. the person he's in love with, <gasps> um, you know, she's like, you're moving on to things and you're becoming a different person. So like, you need to leave right now. And she sings this to him and, she, and he was saying like, but I love you. And she was, and she's saying, no, you don't stop making this hurt because I know you don't care. I'm adding in that line for context, mm, but mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. the say goodbye, like you mean it. It's just like, I know you're moving on. I know you don't have time for me. Um, yeah. And she is played by um, uh, Ashley Park. 
and it's like and it's like a really good dramatic like she's she kills it wow <laughs> i love it i love it wow. now as a as a as a stan are there what is a song not one obviously uh not one of the three we've already said but what's one that i haven't mentioned that you're like if we're doing the show this song has to be in the songbook um want you in my room by carly ray jepsen because mm-hmm. the choreography would be so good it's it's really short yeah. but it, it's so fun um and that just strikes me as like a good one they could do on like Bear <laughs> to like sell tickets or something a hundred percent oh funny. on the cruise ship that is the macy's <laughs> yes. yeah exactly <laughs> amazing well this sounds like a show i want to see mean, i'm loving it yeah i really you've sold me i'm into it uh we're, we're doing stage door we're doing stage door <laughs> I, I i can't wait to pre-order my tickets yeah it's gonna be great the merch is also gonna be so fun oh it's gonna be so cool yeah. i can't wait to buy my little uh cup at the theater oh yeah my you beverage. Know. Uh, oh yeah i'm getting yeah. a 27 dollar white wine to get that cup they do craft yeah. ciders too as part of the they don't oh, just do the wines they do yeah that's it's a great uh, it's they're a gonna have like a neat like fitted denim jacket it's like 225 dollars, but strangely you buy it oh and confetti at the <laughs> okay. end of course oh my god of course i didn't have to say it but um, I, oh can <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's so right and yeah it's confetti that's on the playbill art Yes. Like that, like, you know. This is rather tangential, but I can't get the question out of my brain. <laughs> Do you guys think Taylor Swift has ever seen a Broadway musical? <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels wrong, right? Like, you just can't, I can't quite see her there. So, as soon as you asked that question, it reminded me of the time I went, a friend of mine was in a community theater production of Footloose, and our mutual friend who had, like, never really been to theater unless it was like a school assembly came with me. And at intermission, he was like, well, that was fun. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, we'll see you later. I was like, that was just the first act. And he was like, no, there's more. <laughs> and he was like, I, like, his mind was blown. And I assume that Taylor has been to a Broadway show, but she has left at intermission having no idea there was a part two. Yeah. I mean, I was just imagining she will go to this one because, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah, obviously. And, and I think she'll cry. I think she'll really like it. But yeah. like, yeah, uh, she'll make a stink. It'll be she'll show. She'll, she'll, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's seen like the first act of like of like Hades Town was like neat and then yeah. left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like imagine Taylor Swift going to like the color purple. <laughs> I don't know why this is like so funny to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that show wrecked me. I can't. How dare you bring up color purple? I won't recover for the rest of the day. You know who will? Taylor Swift. She d- did not <laughs> care for it. <laughs> she's like, it wasn't funny at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't laugh once. Wow. Wow. Incredible. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I will be sliding into Taylor's DMs to find out if we're right. And I'll be right back. Stan stands. The time has come. We Stand Together is back live on stage with a whole new show full of games, quizzes, Hannibal references nobody asked for, and so much more. It's so true. Monday, June 28th at 10.30 p.m., we're going to be live on stage at the Squirrel Theater's residency at Caveat on Clinton Street in Lower East Side, New York City. So go right now to thesquirrelnyc.com to buy your tickets. They're only $15 in advance. There's going to be beer, wine, laughs, other human beings sitting at tables. Remember tables? Oh my god, I've missed tables, and we've missed you too, Stan Stans. So don't forget to bring your proof of vaccination to Caveat Theater on June 28th. We'll see you there, Stan Stans. Shockingly, Taylor did not respond to my DMs. <laughs> um, so hmm. I don't have an answer for you all, but I do have a thesis today. Great. I got really inspired when i saw caitlin your notes about your journey of like how rock musicals tend to look back it posed to me a question of like well what does the like truly what does the future of rock musicals look like and i know we've like pontificated a little bit of pitching some different ideas here and there but i there is a there is a recent news story that i've been obsessed with that i think could be the way of the future of Broadway rock musicals. And so I'm going to play you all a little clip uh, to make sure that we're all on the same page about this story that I have been following. 
So uh, recently, a group of young uh, Asian American girls performed at an LA public library and their set went viral and they just got signed for a record deal. Um, And this is the band, the Linda Lindas. And this is the song that that caught the nation's attention. Like many people, after I saw this clip, I was like, I love these girls. I wish I had mothered them. I want them to be my best friends. And I went down a rabbit hole and I found some of their other songs. Oh and they God. have they have a song called Claudia Kishi. Fans of the Babysitter's Club know Claudia was always the best one. Let me just play you a little bit of this incredible song. Um, I'm obsessed with the Linda Lindas. I'm absolutely obsessed. And I, I think that they, not only their sound, but their story and everything about them screams to me a musical. Like I want the Linda Lindas musical. And I think it could be so much fun uh, because it it's so many different there's so many different boxes that it ticks like we get to and there's so many different directions you could go but I like genuinely think a story about a group of friends who like like the act one is like the band comes together right we're like we're getting their origin story like it's like the pilot episode of the babysitters club we're watching them come together we're watching them figure out who plays what and like the end of act one is them finding out their song has gone viral and then act two we come back and they're like rock stars and we get to watch them navigate that and i think it would be so much fun because I love seeing badass rocker chicks. I think Asian representation in theater has been lackluster to say the least. And I also have to admit that, like, wasn't seeing kids kicking ass on instruments in School of Rock fun? Don't we want to see it again? Yep. These are my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'd have to, like School of Rock, they'd have to, like, be the orchestra, which would be so good. A hundred percent. And yeah, totally. And I also think it would translate so well to a film adaptation of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels yeah. so watchable, like in a really easy, fun way. Yeah, it feels like I would like to see like um, like Daniel Klaus like Ooh. aesthetic with it. Yeah. You know, like a, a a ghost world sort of thing. Uh, that that's awesome. And I just think that like. I don't know. I The more I was thinking about it, the, and this sort of harkens to things that you were saying a little bit earlier in your thesis, Caitlin, but I, like, I really think that, or what I really hope for the sort of next wave of rock musicals that we get on Broadway are that they lean heavily into punk rock. Like, I want to see true punk rock on Broadway because I think real punk is so theatrical. Truly. And it's, I don't know, all the reasons why I love creating theater why i felt drawn as like a young person to like being a theater maker i think is there in punk rock music and i like we've seen it a little bit on broadway but not really not not i want to see like a truly truly punk rock musical i think it could work sooner because like 
I, it's crazy to me she was wearing a bikini kill shirt <laughs> yeah. because I've been thinking about bikini kill because I've been listening uh, to Sour, the Olivia Rodrigo mm-hmm. album. And I was like, this is like the biggest pop album right now. And it, some of it sounds kind of like Bikini Kill, which used to be like a very fringe, hard mm-hmm. punk sound. But that sound is just more mainstream now. Like, I think an audience could definitely handle it in Broadway in a way they maybe couldn't have even 10 years ago. And I think it's also worth like remembering that, like, you know, Broadway is the business, but theater is the medium. Like, this could yeah. kill in like a smaller stage and be really cool and be something that people will be pissed they missed. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think even if like, it couldn't sell to like the masses, like even if it was a little bit yeah. too. I do think there is room for a really good punk like musical on Broadway that I totally agree. Um, yeah. But even if it's not like take those risks elsewhere, just figure it out. Totally. Yeah. And it just feels like, I don't know, I get really excited about like a story that centers around young women because I think this is where my educator hat comes on too. Cause I think about like, so like, create like pieces being developed that can be produced well in like a high school or college that can like you know really you know give young aspiring artists something to like really put dig their teeth into and like i just imagine like the college productions of the show being so good yeah (laughs) yeah age appropriate roles for like middle school high school college are like there's something about it that inherently is way more fun to do and more fun to watch. I, I mm-hmm. think anyway, I mean, it's like, yeah, Hello Dolly's cool, but like, I don't know something about like, I think that's why like when high schools do grease, it rules because like totally you to just play a bunch of like assholes your age. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think about like my own like actor training, like so much of my acting training was like unlearning bad habits that were formed because I was always playing 60 year old women. <laughs> right like and it's like be natural be yourself and it's like i don't know how to do that i've been playing old women that drool on themselves i don't like how does this work yeah, be natural but also be little Edie, because we yeah. <laughs> just like that's what we want you but like be cool about it be be 16 also but also wander a lot <laughs> yeah like i remember the i remember in grad school i played little sally and like my the chair in my program was like, wow, this is really great. You seem so natural. And I, you, you weren't pushing. I go, yeah, it's amazing what can happen when you cast me in my age range. <laughs> like, what up? <laughs> like, anyways, this is just, I guess this, my thesis today is really more of a, a love note to some extraordinary young women and types of stories and music that just have always inspired me. And I want to see, I want to see more of it. I, mm-hmm. I love a good rock show. You know, I agree. Hundred percent. All right. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, the produce. You know, Linda, Linda's. I hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> let me know. Uh, I'm happy. You know, I I work at a school. We could we could do a workshop. Come on. <laughs> if if we get off this call and I go on Playbill and see they've announced a Springsteen jukebox musical, a Jack Antonoff, <laughs> and a Linda, Linda's. Um, I'm just gonna like rip my walls apart for bugs. <laughs> yeah if you are listening just like email us let us know you know you don't have to be so sketchy about it like i always thought about that when people are like my phone's listening to me i'm like i don't really say anything that interesting they can listen if they want (laughs) that's their problem (laughs) who am i to stop them they're getting a salary and get to provide for their kids (laughs) enjoy (laughs) and you know stan stans you can always get in touch with us we stay in social we're on all the platforms we're on the gmail slide into our dms they're always open we want to hear from you what what niche topics of pop culture should we get into next yeah let us know and you know you can find us at we stand social and then you can also find us already you are doing it on apple Podcasts, and you could just leave mm-hmm. a review there since it's yeah. already open just leave a review five stars mm-hmm. is preferable yeah. All right, Stan Sands. Well, this has been so much fun. We're gonna go. We got some. We got some rocking out to do. So we'll catch you later, Stan Sands. Later, Stan.
together. together.